Hello, folks. Gary Washburn here for the 17th edition of the Washburn Podcast, Files Podcast, talking Celtics and all NBA. And hey, folks, it's playoff time. The regular season is over. All that doesn't matter anymore. You can throw those in the record books. Uh, we'll find out about MVP, six-man, all-defensive team, coach of the year. We'll find that out in the coming weeks because all the voting is in. This is playoff time. So uh, 16 teams will advance. One team will be the champion. And it's, so it should be exciting six weeks uh, to figure out, you know, who's going to, you know, win this title in this very uh, interesting abbreviated season through the COVID virus, but uh, the NBA was able to make it through. Every team was able to make it through, and it's been a pretty exciting season, uh, but plenty of ups and downs. So as for the Celtics, they are in the playoffs. They qualified with a 118-100 win over the Washington Wizards in the play-in game. They are the seventh seed. If they had lost, they'd have dropped to the second play-in game and would have been playing Thursday against the winner of Indiana-Charlotte, which was Indiana. But instead, they did themselves a favor. They got a win, got a couple of days off, and now they run into the Brooklyn Nets. And my theory is this. You're going to have to face one of the three elite teams in the NBA. The Celtics blew their chance a couple of weeks ago to get that fourth or fifth seed so they could play in Atlanta or a Miami or someone like that in the first round. They were going to get one of the big three. And all of the three teams, the 76ers, the Bucks, and the Nets, all have great players. They all have strengths. They all have a couple of weaknesses. They're all three elite teams. One of the three should come out of the East. But you're going to have to play one or two of these teams to get to your goal. You might as well play one of them. There's reasons why I could tell you why it's better for them to play the 76ers. I can tell you reasons why it's better than play the Bucks, and other reasons why it's better than play the Nets. I mean, there is no right answer here. Um, the Celtics have very little people or, you know, very few people predicting them to, you know, make this even a long series. Uh, maybe a gentleman's sweep. Could they take this to six games? Who knows? I think that they would have to take one of the first two games of Brooklyn, preferably for them game one. But they're here. They earned the seventh seed. Um, they played well against the Wizards. I think the, the consensus was the Wizards were going to win that game. The Wizards, was I think the Celtics were a one-point favorite at home, which means basically that people think the Wizards are the better team because I think you get three points uh, from Vegas for just being at home. So the thought process was Russ and Bradley Beal were going to run over the Celtics. They were going to run away from the Celtics. The Celtics would have to play again on Thursday against Indiana and try to sneak into the AC. But – this team has been full of surprises all year, and there have been times they've stepped up to the occasion, and they did that Tuesday night against the Wizards. I mean, they played an amazing second half. I mean, they played good ball. They moved the ball. Jason Tatum, 50 points. I mean, who, how much can you say about him just stepping his game up in the last couple of weeks of the season? Um, Kimball Walker coming back with 29 points. Uh, stepping up, hitting a, uh, three threes in a row to kind of put the game, uh, not away, but give the Celtics a real advantage in the third quarter. It just, you know, where they basically, their offense shined and their defense shined. They played fantastic defense. 
it was obvious that Bradley Beal wasn't himself. He kept pulling at that left hamstring. He kept adjusting the pad he had on it. You could tell he was playing, you know, with some discomfort. He wasn't quite himself. And so he was solid, but not spectacular. You know, 10 for 25, 22 points, one for six from three. You expect more than one three-pointer from Bradley Beal. Six assists, nine rebounds, uh, two blocks. I mean, he played solidly. He wasn't spectacular. Westbrook, six for 18, 0 for four. He had 14 rebounds, five assists, which is a big deal. He didn't even come close to a triple-double. Four turnovers, two blocks, three steals. Um, Russ, I thought, missed a lot of shots that he can make. He doesn't always make. He's not a great shooter. We all know that. Um, but he he seemingly missed every open shot he had. And most of his, his uh, you know, field goals are at the rim, laying it up or a little, sh- you know, uh, slam dunk, tip in, things like that. He did not put his imprint on the game offensively, even though he scored 20 points. Uh, Bradley Beal was just slow, uh, just wasn't quite himself. And the Celtics were just a better team that night. I mean, they just played extremely well on all facets of the game. And it's one of those performances that you're like, listen, if this team plays hard enough and plays like this, they might be able to beat Brooklyn once or twice in the series. I mean, let's look at the second half of this game. The Celtics outscored the Wizards 66 to 46. Okay. They were 44% from the field, 45, uh, 44% from three, 10 for 23. Kimba hit five threes in the second half. That's big. Kimba gets five threes in the second half. I mean, that's something he hasn't really done all that much this season. He's starting to warm up a 36 point game. Um, Against Miami, you know, he takes a break, as as many players did over the last few games, comes back with 29.17 in the second half. Tatum, I mean, my goodness, 32 in the second half on 9 for 17. The key for me to Tatum's performance was that he got to the free throw line, which is something that has been stressed to him all season. Jason, make it easy on yourself. Get to the line. He got 17 for 17. He got to the line 17 times. I mean, that's what you want, okay? He scored 32 points in the second half on nine field goals. He scored 50 points on 14 field goals. You know what that means? That means, one, the three's going down. He was five for 12. But two, he's getting to the free throw line, okay? He scored 17 of his – he scored 34% of his points from the free throw line. Okay, that makes him almost unstoppable if he's scoring a third of his points from the line. It's easy points in addition to the attack in the basket and and draining the threes. For the Celtics, it was a positive game, a good stepping stone. Okay, a good way to overcome some, which has been a very adverse season. Um, A season that obviously went 36 and 36, 500. You know, it's average, to say the least. Obviously, it's it's an average record. You can say the Celtics are an average team. They didn't play like an average team Tuesday. They played like a team that wanted to go to the playoffs, that wanted a couple of days off, that wanted to have time to prepare. You don't want to be in that second playing game, okay, and you have one day um, or two days to prepare for your opponent. 
you got to focus. Whoever wins against Indiana and Washington has a day and a half to prepare for Philadelphia. The Celtics took Wednesday off, will practice Thursday, practice Thursday and Friday, and then the game Saturday night. You got plenty of time. You got shoot around Saturday. You have plenty of time to get your game plan in for the Nets. Okay. And the Nets are a team, obviously, as we know. They got Durant, Harden, and, Ir- and Irving. Three future Hall of Famers, three top 50 players. I mean, it's, it is a embarrassment of talents, right? Now, if you're the Celtics, like, how do you win? Like, one, it's interesting because they've never faced the Nets this year with all three playing. They face, remember, the Nets came on Christmas Day and spanked the Celtics, but Harden hadn't been acquired yet. So that was Durant and Irving. The second time, they faced Harden and Irving because Durant was hurt. And then the final time, it was just Irving, and they lost a game they probably should have won because Kyrie was not good that night. Four for 19. He was one for 12 in the second half. The Celtics just couldn't capitalize on uh Nets' mistakes, they couldn't hit a couple of shots. Uh, They made a a furious rally at the end but fell short. But that was a game I felt they should have won. That was a winnable game. So they have not seen the whole Nets. Many many teams haven't. They played seven games together. So the Nets now have hard and healthy. They played a couple of games at the end of the season together. They have to figure out, you know, get themselves together and – they're going to use this first round series because obviously they think they can beat the Celtics. They're not, they're not scared of the Celtics. They can use this first round series to kind of get that chemistry together for a potential second round series with Milwaukee, which will be a war or Miami. Don't count out Miami in that series. We saw what happened last year in the bubble and the heat spanked the Celtics, sorry, the, the Bucks in six, five games. I know Giannis got hurt, but Miami was a better team in that series. Not even a question there. So that's going to be a war. Milwaukee, Miami, for you know, you fans looking for a series to watch, that's the series to watch. And I know it's not going to get a lot of prime time uh, exposure because all the, the Lakers are in the Celtics and the Knicks are playing and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But check out Milwaukee, Miami. That's going to be a fun series. Get back to the Celtics' nets. Um, the Celtics are just going to have to play an amazing series in order to compete i mean they just cannot fall behind 32 to 10 they can't let all three guys get going marcus smart i think is the key player in this series because of his defense against james harden he's always been a nuisance to harden he's always uh you know provided resistance to harden but marcus is key but here's the thing that marcus can't do he can't get in foul trouble He's got to stay in the game. He can't pick up technicals. He can't let his uh, emotions get away from him. He's got to be under control. He's got to be focused on defense, and he's got to lock in and try to force Harden into tough shots, not let him get into the paint where he hits those floaters, and just maybe turn him into more of a distributor. They're also going to have to figure out what to do whether what kind of Kyrie? There's Kyrie who can score 40 points, and there's Kyrie who was four for 19 that night. I mean, you just have to, and there's going to be some fortune. You just have to hope all three aren't on 
every game. If they are, this is a chance. You got to hope that one or two of them are struggling. You deal with Durant scoring 38, but you try to offset that with Tatum, and then Tatum gets some help from Smart and from Kimball Walker and from some other guys who can help out. Evan Fournier, I think Evan Fournier is also a key player in this series. He did not have a good game against Washington. He, he, was, he had eight points on three for 11 shooting. That's a good sign. Like they didn't need him to score 25, 30 points in order to beat the Wizards. He only had eight, you know, but he was a plus 20, you know, because he, he, he was trying on defense, um, two for six from three, three for 11 from the field. He did not have a standout game. No one else really did. Tristan Thompson had 12 points and 12 rebounds. He had a solid game. That matchup with him and DeAndre Jordan is interesting because, you know, Tristan's going to have to keep DeAndre off the boards. The Nets cannot get all these second-chance points. The Nets cannot hit the boards and dominate the the offensive rebounds and give Durant, Harden, and Irving second chances and third chances to score. If the Celtics allow that to happen, they're cooked. So Tristan's key because he's going to have to keep DeAndre off the boards and keep him from, you know – getting those activity points, the putbacks, the tip jams, um, the quick alley-oops, you know, like you got to keep DeAndre from being a real factor in this series. This is not young Duncan on Brandon Knight DeAndre, Clippers, you know, DeAndre. This is an aging DeAndre, but he's still effective, and they still know how to use him. Um, Going back to the Washington game, I just thought the Celtics were, were just better Better defensively. I mean, they played good defense against Russ, good defense against Beal. They, they, they were sound. There was no Marcus Smart, you know, tripping out there with anything. He played a solid game. I mean, he was, you know, 7.6 rebounds. Sorry, six assists, two rebounds, you know, plus 23. He was one for five from three. There was a couple times in the first half Marcus took some open threes that he probably shouldn't have taken. I know it's open. But it doesn't mean necessarily you have to take it, okay? But, you know, he, he stayed within himself. He took just eight shots. Of the 96 shots the Celtics took that night, 56 were by Tatum and Walker. Those are your two scores. That's what you want. Fournier took 11. Trishan Thompson took nine. Smart took eight. Neesmith, four. The rest of the guys, one or two shots. So, you go to your money men, and what you have to try to do is turn it into an ugly kind of a game. You cannot, the Nets are gonna out are gonna score. You cannot let them score 140 points. You're not gonna beat them 145, 140. Jalen Brown's not not present. He's hurt, obviously, with the wrist surgery. They don't have the offense to go one score 145 points or go 150 points. Um against the Nets. They're going to have to play some some decent defense, okay? And some of that, as I said before, is good fortune. You have to hope that Durant, Kyrie, and Harden aren't all on in the same game, and sometimes even two of the three guys because they're good, they're good enough to beat you with two of those guys pretty easily, right? Um, and then here's the thing, too. The other guys on the Nets, Jeff Green, Landry Sh- Shamit, Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, Boston's own Bruce Brown. You, th- those guys can't hit five or six threes. You know, Shamit can't hit six threes. Like, you've got to contain those guys. Because sometimes you do so much 
to try to contain the big three that one of the other guys gets off and gets his big game going, and he's the one that scores 25 points. Now, I don't think you can stop everybody, but you just have to hope a guy like Shamit or a guy like Harris doesn't have one of those nights where they hit five or six threes, makes it easier on Durant and Harden and Irving, and then the Nets pull away. What you're going to have to do is just play sound defense and take your chances. Try to take you to the fourth quarter. Try to sneak a win out. Here's the thing about this series. Um, The Nets are a team that, you know, they're good enough to beat you regardless, but they don't have the chemistry yet. They haven't played much together. So some of these opening games are going to be rough for them. And rough for them is probably, you know, 125 points, but they're not going to be as polished in May as they are going to be in July. So what you have to do is you got to take advantage of that. You got to punch them out first and try to sneak game one. There's no reason why you can't win game one. They're going to be as not as cohesive as they should be. Um, they're going to be ready to play. They're going to be well rested, all that stuff. But so are the Celtics. And you've got to make a statement in game one. Like, hey, we're not going anywhere. We're not going to be an easy out. We're going to be a tough opponent. You guys are not going to just knock us out. And this is not going to be a glorified practice for you guys to get yourself ready for Milwaukee like or Miami. That's not happening. That's the attitude the Celtics have to have. They got to have, like, forget this. Like, we don't ball up. You know, we've had a tough season. We've had everybody down on us. You know what? Let's prove everybody wrong. Let's play our asses off in this in this playoff series and take our chances. Because nothing is guaranteed in this. It's not guaranteed that the Nets are going to win, but you've got to play the game. That's why they play the games. Like, you can't just say, okay, they're better than us. Let's walk off the court. This is, this is the playoff. This game's on ABC. ABC picked this game for a reason. They like the Tatum matchup against Durant, Harden, and Irving. The Nets are one of the most marketable teams in the league. This is why this game is on ABC at 8 o'clock, prime time. This is a series people are going to look at. People are going to expect something from the Celtics. They're not going to expect them to lay down. The Celtics can't lay down. They've got to be cohesive. They've got to come out from the start and play with energy. They've got to play good defense, make a statement that way. I thought the Washington game, they were they did that. They had their bad stretch. They had a really bad second quarter where they went 7 for 24 from the field, 0 for 12 from the three-point line. Like the second quarter for them was awful. They scored 25 points, but they bounced back and scored 66 points in the second half. They dominated the second half. They responded because – Every team was going to have a stretch where they have trouble scoring. The defense might slip. The three ball isn't falling. You've got to respond from that. The Celtics could have collapsed. They were down two at halftime after being up as by as many as eight. Um, and they were able to wrap this. The Wizards went up eight. The Celtics were able to rally to cut it to two by halftime, which is a big momentum boost. Then they came back and punched the mouth in the third quarter took the lead and never never trailed. And that's the way you beat a team like Washington. Washington's a good ball club. Don't let the, the shaky record fool you. They're a good team. Um, if they advance to play Philadelphia, they're going to give the Sixers fits at times because of Westbrook and Beal. So this, was a, this was a quality win. 
Because it's no one really, the, the consensus besides Charles Barkley was that the Celtics would lose this game. But that they would, they would not be able, because Washington had too much firepower. And um, so for me, I think that they have a chance to make this series interesting. I ain't say win it. I just say make it interesting. And what you do is you try to get game one. That's the most winnable game for any underdog in the series. The first game. The big three haven't played that well much together. They're still a little rusty. Long rest. Um, you, you punch them in the mouth. You make a statement. You try to get a, a tough win in Brooklyn. And then you put the, the pressure on them. But if you come out flat, if they come out falling behind and said 22 to 10, 32 to 16, something like that, and those guys get comfortable, Durant, Irving, Harden, Harris, Green, Shamet, um, it's over. Because the Celtics have very little margin for error. This is not a typical Southern team. They don't have the firepower, obviously, without Jalen Brown. They just don't have it. So it's up to Kimba. It's up to Evan Fournier. Because I think Tatum is going to be good for 30. He's going to get to the line. He's got the respect from the officials. They don't really have anybody to guard Tatum. I mean, you could say Kevin Durant, but does Steve Nash want to put Durant on the Celtics' best player defensively and expect him to score a lot? Um, I think they'll mix and match. I think they'll throw maybe Bruce Brown on Tatum. Um, they will, you know, Jeff Green will guard Tatum at times, but Tatum has the advantage in any of those matchups offensively. So if you're the Celtics, you can rely on him, I think, to get you 30 points. It's the rest of the 100-plus points that you need to win this game. You need Evan Fournier. You need Kimba Walker. You need a guy like Aaron Neesmith to hit a couple of threes. This is going to take a collective effort. I think they're capable of making this a competitive series. I think that with Jalen Brown... It could probably, it could maybe go six or seven. Now you're talking about maybe trying to push it to, you know, just get a game in Brooklyn. Don't come home down 0-2. Because that puts it all pressure on winning game three. If you don't win that game, then the series is pretty much over. You know, you might get the gentleman sweep. But if the Celtics, I think you're coming in, with momentum. That Washington game, I think, meant a lot more to them than people probably think, simply because they were able to beat a good team, play a complete game. They weren't great from the field. They won, and they shot 40% and 33% from three. They were not great offensively, but the defense was good. Tatum carried the way. Kimba with 29 big points, um, you know, six for 14 from three. They stepped up, but they're going to need more. And, you know, Robert Williams, is he going to play in this series? He did not practice on Thursday. I'm sure he'll be maybe a game-time decision, but I think you got to you got to rely on Tristan Thompson here. They could use Robert Williams. He could run the floor, you know, but he just doesn't seem quite right. I mean, he had that collision with Tatum scrambling for a loose ball. And then uh, he tried to come back, and he was limping out there. He was laboring. He just he wasn't able to do it. 
And I applaud him for giving it a shot. He could have just said, hey, pull me from the game. I'm not, this isn't me. I can't do this. But he was uh, willing to try. He just he just didn't have it. Now, if you're the Celtics, what do you do? Like, you got to go with Tristan Thompson. You got to, you know, go with Grant Williams. Grant Williams didn't play much against Washington, but you can use him as, as a small ball five. Luke Cornett, hey, he's, he's seven feet and he's breathing. You got to throw him out there. And even Taco Fall will probably be active if, if, if Williams, Mark Williams is inactive. Um, a guy maybe they can use in this series, Jabari Parker. Parker was very good. He can score. You're going to need offense in this series, folks. Like, you're not going to hold Brooklyn 108 points. You're going to need offense in this series. You're going to need firepower. Okay. Jabari's not a great defender, but he can still score. He can still get to the rim. He still got a little bit of sneaky ups. That Knicks game, he was very good. The Knicks couldn't hold him down. He was able to, to get to the get to his spots, hit his mid-range, get to the rim. So I think he can be a, of use for the Celtics in this series. Now, I don't think he's going to be the star of a game, but I just think they have to go with some options and try to see what they can do to generate offense. That's not Tatum and it's not Walker. Um, a guy like Romeo Langford. Um, Romeo came back, and I thought had productive minutes against Washington. Three points, four rebounds, and 14 minutes. I mean, you know, you use them for, for what you can. You, you use them to maybe on on Irving or use them on Durant at times. You try to just hopefully his length and his athleticism may bother some you know those guys. You got to use your options. You got to use your roster. I mean, you can try to do the tight, tight playoff roster and eight guy rotate, eight man rotation. But to me, you don't have three or four reliable guys off the bench that know what they're doing. You got, you know, if Tristan starts, you've got Neesmith, Pritchard, and Langford. Like, are those guys reliable enough to log all the reserve minutes? I think you're probably going to have to go with Ojale at times, Cornette, Grant Williams. You're going to have to, you know, pull out all the stops. This is what the playoffs are about. You know, forget the egos, forget the this is what we usually do. You are going to have to pull out all the stops in this series. Because honestly, guys and gals, this series and how this goes will determine how people feel about this season. The Celtics lose in six, and they fight. Then there's some positive vibes in heading into the offseason. Instead of major changes, there just might be tweaks. If they fight in this series and they push Brooklyn to where Brooklyn is a little bit uncomfortable, that's exactly what you want. I don't think any Celtic fan expects their team to win the series, but if you're a Celtics fan, you expect this team to fight and compete every game. This is the playoffs. Okay, this isn't the regular season. This isn't preseason. This is the playoffs. So if you're the Celtics, you got to fight every game. Okay, you fight every game, and then you take your chances. And you hope that Durant, Harden, and Irving, one of those two of those guys are off, or just having tough games. And you never know. I don't think the Nets are unbeatable. We can talk about the East because let's talk about the other playoff series. 
Okay. Um, Knicks, Hawks. Wow. Right? I mean, good series of two up-and-coming clubs. It's going to be entertaining. The Knicks announced that they're going to have sellouts, 15,000 in, in MSG. Uh, vaccinated fans for the game. I think they say, you know, sold tickets to only vaccinated fans and 15,000 of those New Yorkers bought those tickets up. So beginning Sunday at MSG Sunday night, the Hawks come in and it's going to be a sold out crowd. Great atmosphere. The Knicks first playoff game in a while. Um, that's going to be a great series, I think. And I don't even really think there's a favorite. I mean, both teams played very competitive games against each other in the offseason. The Nets have the Knicks have good defense. The Hawks have so many shooters. As the as Celtics found out, you got Trey Young, Udila Gallinari, Bozan Boganovic. I mean, Kevin Herter. I mean, you've got three or four real legit shooters on that team. In addition to the beef in the paint, John Collins, Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter. Um, so they've got depth. And so I think it's going to be an interesting series. And I think the winner of that team is going to – series is going to give the Sixers some trouble. Because if you look at the Sixers, you know, they got Washington or Indiana. I'm sure they're hoping Indiana com- comes out of that game because I don't think they want to deal with Russ in, in – Beal. I don't think that they want to have, because I think Russ is going to take that series personally. He does not like Embiid. Okay. He is going to have some fire for that series against the Sixers. So if I'm the Sixers, I do not want Indy. I do not want Washington coming out of that game. I'd rather have Indiana. But let's look at the Washington series. You know, the Wizards are not a great team, but they can give the Sixers some trouble, okay? And you got a couple of big guys in the paint, Gafford and Robin Lopez, who can at least offer some resistance to Joel Embiid. Um, Russ going at Ben Simmons will be fun. Who guards Bradley Beal? Um, is it Simmons? Is it Danny Green? Um, is it Matisse Thibel? So it's a lot of options. I think it's a fun series, right? Um, if, if it turns out that way. And we discussed earlier, we mentioned Milwaukee, Miami. I mean, the Heat are playing good basketball. They're about whole. Obviously, Victor Oladipo is out for the year. But all those guys, the Duncan Robinsons, Tyler Heroes, Goran Drogics, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, they're healthy and ready to go. Now you got two more playoff savvy guys and uh, veterans and Dwayne Dedman and Trevor Ariza to join Andre Iguodala. So the Heat. I don't think, one, they don't fear the Bucks at all. Not a one a bit. Not one bit. Okay. The Heat feel like we can do exactly what we did last year. We made the finals as a five seed. We can make the finals as a six seed. There ain't no, ain't no thing to the, to the Heat. Right? Because the winner of that series faces the winner of Celtics-Nets. You know, I think the Heat are like, okay, well, you know, we'll see about the Nets when we get there. But for now, let's handle the Bucks. The Bucks. People are picking them to pick to come out of the East. I think it's interesting. Giannis is going to be Giannis. I think he's a better player than he was last year. He's had some better shooting days, but I still wouldn't trust him behind a three-point line in a mid-range. Chris Middleton's Chris Middleton, the dude who just gets it done in a quiet fashion. 
And then you guys got like guys, you got guys like Drew Holiday now, PJ Tucker, Brooke Lopez. You have a deep roster that's ready to make a long run. So I mean, I, and I think obviously they're still going to be mad about that series last year. And remember, folks, there was no home court advantage last year in the bubble, so Miami did not have to go to Milwaukee. They did not have to go to uh, Milwaukee. Didn't have to come to, down to Miami. There was no South Beach flu. This time, not the case. Obviously, full travel in the playoffs, so none of this playing in the bubble thing. There's going to be fans in the crowd at every arena, so it's going to be fun. You're going to hear it's going to be some atmosphere. And I know, uh, you know, I applaud you, the fans, for, for, you know, snapping up those tickets and going to these games. It's not been, you know, the same. Being I've been in arenas all year, and – Boy, it was just some of these places were like library. It was just not a good atmosphere for basketball. You know, you just, it just wasn't. You know, you just couldn't hear. It was like the bubble was the same way. You just, you know, the, the piped in crowd noise was nice, but you want an environment where the fans can go defense and things like that. That's why that Lakers Warriors game was so fun because it had, a, I think, what, 5,000 fans at Staples Center and there was some atmosphere to it. Somebody wanted the team, the home team, to win and booed the road team. And I think that that's what the NBA is all about. I'm happy for, uh, you know, the NBA has gotten to the point where they can be a, um, you know, where they can have fans and where you can you can have, a, you know, and that will be the case in Boston and I'm sure in Brooklyn. Beginning Saturday night, there's a lot that um, – you know, it's going to be happening over the next couple of weeks. I think it's a great time to be, you know, a um, NBA fan because we're just getting back to normalcy. You know, like we're just getting back to um, we're just getting back to normalcy. We're just getting back to um, trying to be, you know, just have a good, solid playoff season. And not, you know, no COVID issues. Um, I know Indiana lost. Um, Indiana lost Karis LeVert. Um, that's unfortunate, you know. And I think he was the player because uh, the um, league reported that one player had tested positive. I think it was him. And so he'll be out if Indiana advances throughout the first round of the playoffs. But Everybody's pretty much healthy. Teams are able to manage their roster. And so we're here. And I think that that's a good sign. And the Celtics are as healthy as, you know, you'd like for Robert Williams to be able to come back. You know, the whole Jalen Brown situation, you know, people, he was a some people out here were saying, well, he could have played through the injury. You do not want Jalen Brown to go the rest of his career with some chronically bad wrist. Okay, the wrist is the, one of the most important parts of the body of a basketball player. If he, if, if this was up to him to get this, I mean, if he had to get this fixed, it was now. He is 24 years old. You do not want Jalen Brown to have some busted wrist or to have uh, have more extensive surgery required where it takes him maybe a year. All, this is a whole season because they got to, you know, replace tendons or something or ligaments that he tore or that he, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not to be played with, literally and figuratively. This is not to be played with. 
So, you know, I don't have any issue personally with Jalen watching out for himself, saying, listen, like, I need to get this fixed. Okay, this is not something I can just roll out here and play with. Okay, now if it's plantar fasciitis or something where it's just like pain, but not you can't do any worse to it, okay. But this sounds like an injury that you do not want to have a chronically bad wrist or arthritic wrist or something where you have to get, you know, your tendons replaced and, and all that. And suddenly, like, you can't even, you know, bend your wrist or all of a sudden you've got trouble. You've got to make a, you got to have trouble holding the ball or, or, or you got to change your shot because it's, it's more comfortable on a certain area of your wrist. You want to knock this out, you know, nip this in the bud. So if I'm Jalen Brown, I, I think that he made the right decision. You know, you'd like to have him for the playoffs, but you want him ready to go for next year when you have a summer for everybody to get better. You have the summer where Ainge and Steven can make some roster and coaching staff decisions and start cleaning some things up. And you can look forward to the 21-22 season with a healthy roster, a couple of free agent signings, maybe a trade or two, and you look forward and you try to forget this season. But for now, this season is still here. It's still very much alive. It's still very much the Celtics are in this. You know, I, I know people who thought they wouldn't get out of the play-in round. And that was a legitimate concern. Are they going to beat Washington? Some people said no. Then the consensus was that Charlotte, the team team that beat up the Celtics in Charlotte a couple weeks ago, was going to beat up on Indiana without Levert coming to Boston and pushing to the brink. But Indiana blows out Charlotte by 27 points, a game they very much never trailed. Charlotte laid an egg in a big game. That was one surprise. The Wizards kind of lay an egg in a big game for them. That was a second surprise. So who knows what can happen in the playoffs. But if you're the Celtics, you gave yourself three, four days rest, take a deep breath, get every, you know, mend some um, injuries, you know, get some, get some good deep practices in where you can work on the opponent, you can work on some plays, work on some defensive tactics, because defense is going to be the key to this series. I don't have a problem. I think the Celtics can score. They're not going to score with the Nets. like, But if they allow 130 points, they're not going to win the series. They got to hold Brooklyn to like 115, 118. You know, that's a big difference. That's four or five more. Like, that's stopping four or five shots. But you can't win every game in the series, 135-130. You might win one. You might catch the net slipping here and there or won a game, or Tatum could go for 45 points and Kimba for 30. But if you got, you cannot win every game in this series, 145, 140, 135, 130. You're going to have to get some key defensive stops against the, the, the Nets in key moments. That's it. Like, you're not going to stop these guys, but like, combining to, to they can't have 42.4th quarters. you got to stop them down the stretch. Oh, another key, the Celtics can't be fouling. Don't put, they put the Wizards in the bonus in that game. You cannot put the Wizards in the bonus, sorry, the Nets in the bonus early in quarters where they're just living at the line because you got, especially Harden, but Durant, all those three guys get calls. So they could be scoring all, 
types of points at the line because the Celtics committed four, three, four, five team fouls in the first three minutes, four minutes of the quarter. Defend without fouling. Provide some resistance to Durant. Make it talk. You know, if he shoots over you, he hits that 28-footer, hey. But don't let Harden become a scorer and a distributor. Make him one or the other. That's the key, too. If Harden gets 12 assists, fine, but you can't get 33 points with that. Make him hold him to 19 and 12. And Irving, you just have to be a little bit physical with him. Make it tough on him and hope that he doesn't, like, as we've seen, Kyrie can get a little frivolous with the long ball. He's not. He's a good three-point shooter, not a great three-point shooter. You know, you hope he misses some of those when he pulls up for 30. If he hits those and he hits that runner or floater off the glass and gets, I mean, oh, boy, you're in trouble. So, as I've said, a lot of this depends on good fortune, man, and folks. Like, this is what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to cross their fingers, play a sound defensive series, and take their chances and try to sneak game one. I think game one's the most important game of the series. Because the Celtics, the teams, it'll fill out. It's a fill out game. The teams won't know each other very well. Not you know the Nets won't know each other very well because they haven't played much together. And that's a time you can maybe catch them slipping. And then you can try to extend the series. All you want to do if you're the Celtics is extend the series, make it interesting. If you're talking about we're gonna win this series and we're gonna take four, no, no, no. Win game one first. Win a game first. Then you can start talking about game two. Win the second game. But it should be fascinating um, over the next week what happens. And that's when we'll rejoin you for uh, our next edition of the Washburn Files. I hope you enjoyed this. Got some game tips. Look forward to, uh, you know, hope you have a great playoff weekend. It's going to be a lot of games. Four games Saturday, four games Sunday. And then all through the week, this is going to be a, a fun, this is a fun time. Um, if you're a Celtic fan, I'm sure you hope your team steps up to the occasion. It'll be interesting to see how they react. And we'll talk to you next week on The Washington.